the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, reality is one thing. Perception is another. And when reality is not what you want it to be, perception becomes very important. And we see that today uh, with where our president is at the moment. He is in Ukraine. Uh, He's not in East Palestine, and he's not coming to East Palestine. But the former president, Donald Trump, is a couple of days from now. We will discuss all of that today on the Monday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show, 94.5 in Dayton, 98.9 in Columbus. Glad to have you with us. Uh, We have uh, some troubling crime headlines. I mean, after all, it is a Monday in central Ohio. And we'll have the latest for you on the water in East Palestine. Uh, a lot of people weighing in, a lot of experts weighing in. And it's not surprising that the um, predictions about what's ahead are very dire, uh, not promising. Even though you're being told in the short term, the perception is, hey, the water's, clear. The, the water's clean, it's great, drink it, it's fantastic. Don't worry, we'll keep testing, but for how long? So... Let's start with the president. He's in Ukraine today. He's supposed to go to Poland tomorrow. He left early, and he went to Ukraine. And you may have, if you've seen any news footage of it, heard the president walking out of one of the palaces, one of the uh, government buildings over there with Vladimir Zelensky, uh, the head of the Ukrainian people. And you heard air raid sirens. Air raid sirens. I, I mean, what a courageous act by our president to go to Kiev while they're being bombed by Russia. Um, now, I'm a jaded and a longtime media person. So instantly, I knew this is garbage. There's no way the United States of America is flying Joe Biden into Kiev if they think there's any chance of one of the Russian bombs landing on him. No chance at all. Zero. And so... Why are the sirens sounding? Well, because of perception. Because for a president who allowed a Chinese balloon to float from <laughs> from west of Alaska, all the way across Alaska, down through Canada, over all of our sensitive military installations across the length, uh, well, not the length, but the breadth of the United States of America and out into the ocean when we finally shot it down, What else could you do to make Joe Biden look more like a courageous commander-in-chief but to send him into the midst of a war-torn city that's under assault from Vladimir Putin? Right? I mean, uh, the only people up until Joe Biden flew into Kiev with the air raid sirens sounding, the only people who feared Joe Biden was the backyard bottle cap gang whose balloon he shot down with two Sidewinder missiles, the first of which missed. So the backyard bottle cap gang fears Joe Biden, but the rest of you need to know that Joe Biden is not afraid of the likes of Vladimir Putin because he flew into Kiev while they're bombing the city. 
didn't you hear the sirens? Yes, I did. And I knew that was utter nonsense. And when pressed, I don't know why, the Biden administration decided to tell the truth about Biden's trip. And Jake Sullivan, the feckless national security guy, said, uh, yeah, we, uh, we did warn the Soviets a couple, or the Russians, a couple hours before that Biden was coming. And uh, somebody said, well, then why did you do that? Why did you tell him that? And again, Jake Sullivan, and must be channeling his inner Jim Carrey from uh, Liar Liar, he has to tell the truth, said for deconfliction purposes. Okay, so they told Russia, because I don't really think Russia is interested in killing Joe Biden. Why would you be interested in killing Joe Biden if you're Vladimir Putin? Well, you could say, well, because you'll get somebody who's even dumber in Kamala Harris, and you wouldn't be wrong. But Joe Biden has not exactly been an impediment to Vladimir Putin doing what he wants to do in Ukraine. I say, well, he's, he's funding the Ukrainians and all their missiles and all that. Yeah, sure, but that would continue if Kamala Harris came in, because then it would become like a more ardent commitment by the United States. Look at the Russians. They killed Joe Biden. Now we're going to really get involved. And they don't want that. They don't want the United States of America all in. They want the United States of America kind of in and kind of out and promising tanks, but it'll take us five years to build them. What about the ones you already have? Well, we're going to build special tanks with a Ukrainian flag on them or something. I don't know. The Russians don't want to kill Joe Biden and the people in government who owe their existence to Joe Biden don't want to kill Joe Biden. So, of course, they warned the Russians ahead of time. So why are the sirens sounding? Perception. That's why. Perception. It's the same in East Palestine. The perception right away with the railroad getting up and running almost immediately was things are back to normal. Everything is fine. You don't have to worry about contamination because after all, we wouldn't be running the railroads if there were problems. Go back to your houses. The evacuation order has been lifted. Your water is safe to drink. We'll keep testing wells and all that. Okay. Yeah, sure. Do you believe that? Well, if everything is hunky dory, why did it take like, what, two weeks for the EPA guy to show up? We're still waiting for Pete Buttigieg to show up. You'll be waiting a good long time. He's not showing up. Is the president interested in coming? No. The vice president interested in coming? No. Is the water safe to drink? Well, I mean, it must be safe, right? Like they told you it is. They're testing it. They don't think so. Downriver in Cincinnati, they announced over the weekend that the greater Cincinnati waterworks are closely monitoring the Ohio River water and have shut off the water intake for a while. Just to be careful. They've tested the water and not anything too problematic, but we're going to shut it down anyway. Why? I don't know if this is perception or if this is actually like reality. It trends to me more toward reality. They pour, pour a bunch of poison into the water. I'm not interested in taking on any of that water for a good long time. And that is the real question here is how long must we wait before we really know that there's no danger drinking the water in and around East Palestine, Ohio? 
because chemicals that seep into the soil take a while to work their way through the soil and into the groundwater. And so I'm not surprised that the wastewater treatment water, the city water, the water they've tested, I'm not surprised that it shows up acceptable to drink. But what about the water a year from now that comes out of the ground, well water? And they said there are 38 people near the crash site who have wells. I got news for you. That's a perception number two. I've never been to East Palestine, but I've heard from enough farmers who live across the border in Pennsylvania, and I've looked at the map, and I see enough other little towns around there, and I don't think that area of Ohio is a complete ghost town. There are a lot more than 38 wells around there that are, in my view, as somebody who drinks well water, within an area that would concern me a year out, two years out, five years out, ten years out. That would concern me a lot. If I lived anywhere near there, if I lived within 50 miles of there, that would concern me. Going forward, a long, long time. Like I have a 13-year-old, I think. I lose track. 13-year-old is my youngest. We don't anticipate moving out of our house for at least five more years. At that point, we may downsize, don't know. If any of the kids are still at home, probably not. But if all of them are gone and on their own, maybe so. Do I want to subject my youngest, not to mention the other two who are still at home, do I want to subject them if there was a train derailment? And by the way, I had to wait on a train this morning on my way to work. Two, three miles from my house. If there were a train derailment, I sat there waiting, thinking. If this train derailed, by the way, little tip from me to you. Don't pull right up on the train when you're at the crossing gates. Like, I know people may give you the stink eye. They may even pass you and drive around you. But imagine that train is going to derail, okay? Did you see the fugitive? You know how far a train goes when it derails? Like, back off from the crossing because you're dead if you sit right there at the crossing and it derails. But I sat there thinking, if this thing derails... And it's carrying toxic chemicals. And what I could see, they were all boxcars, so I don't think that's possible. But if it would, how long would it take for me to feel like the concerns the East Palestine people have, I don't have? It would be a good long time. I would be looking to get out. And I would be worried about my property values. I'd be worrying about my community. I'd be worrying about all of it. And no amount of feds telling me everything is okay would assuage my concerns. Because... My perception would be different than their perception. See, my perception would be if I'm living there, I got to look out for the people that I am obligated to protect and provide for. Mike DeWine, the EPA, the feds, they don't have that concern. Their their view is like, eh, it's man toward man, but it's not their own personal investment of time and health. Uh, Joe Biden will be in Poland tomorrow. He is in Ukraine today. That's a surprise visit. Uh, The air raid sirens were going off, as I said, in the first segment. That is uh, not reality. That is perception. The uh, Biden administration did tell Vladimir Putin and the Russians ahead of time, hey, uh, Joe Biden's coming over to Kiev. Stop lobbing your bombs on Ukraine because 
if you take out our president, well, we'll take a very dim view of that. Time out in the war. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of uh, the war escalating, which it certainly would do if anything happened to Joe Biden while he was in Ukraine. Uh, well, you know, we are bankrolling Ukraine to the tune of billions of dollars in military aid. It's kind of been a, a gradual uh, embrace of the Ukrainian war effort. In the beginning, I remember, we wouldn't even say we wanted Ukraine to win the war. We wouldn't even say we wanted him to win, because that would have been deemed to be provocative to the Russians. Now we make no bones about the fact that the Ukrainians must win the war. They must win the war. And we weren't going to put any of our personnel there. We're never going to put them on the ground there. Hmm, We'll see. We were not going to get directly involved. And then we were training Ukrainian soldiers in Texas. And we were not going to send tanks. We absolutely were not going to send tanks because that would mean, I'm going to do my Joe Biden impression here, World War III. And then, okay, we are going to send tanks. But it's going to take us a while to send them. Well, guess who's now getting involved on the other side of this war? Turns out the Chinese, who have been watching from the sidelines, uh, no longer are going to be watching from the sidelines. Here is Secretary of State Antony Blinken talking about who the Chinese are going to be backing in the Russia-Ukraine war. China's trying to have it both ways, publicly. They present themselves as a country striving for for peace in Ukraine. But privately, as I said, we've seen already the provision of non-lethal assistance that does go directly to aiding and abetting Russia's war effort. And some further information that we are sharing uh, today indicates that they are strongly considering providing lethal assistance to to Russia. Wow. Lethal assistance to Russia. That's uh, that's that's problematic, I would say. I don't believe we want the Chinese to be sending weapons to Russia. I don't want that. Now, why would China do that? Well, because if they do it, I think they're probably going to be smart enough not to give so much that they won't be able to act out their aggression on Taiwan if they want to. But if they do a little bit to help Russia... Wouldn't it stand to reason that we would have to do a little bit more to help Ukraine? Since now we are determined to help Ukraine win the war, which will further deplete our stockpile of weapons, which will compromise us further for whatever might be coming in Taiwan. So this is a mess. It should have been uh, handled much differently in the beginning. It should have been, first of all, not precipitated by our weak, feckless, inept withdrawal from Afghanistan. But water under the bridge, what's done cannot be undone. And our president's weakness and his administration's weakness uh, is having consequences now. The only question is how dire will those consequences be long term? Closer to home, right here in the capital city, uh, we have seen a dramatic remaking of our police department, a reimagining of how we handle crime locally. I think it was two years ago when I first started this program, shortly after we had the letter from the juvenile court judges in Columbus that Operation Game Over, put together by the police department to end juvenile car thefts in Columbus, had to go because it was a racist program, because it's racist to put kids in 
jail for stealing cars because the overwhelming majority of kids stealing cars or a disproportionate major, a disproportionate share of kids stealing cars relative to the population in Columbus. Young black men were stealing cars, and if you put them in jail, they'll learn to be criminals. That was the abridged view of the Columbus juvenile court judges. Well, we continue to have so many cars stolen that our city is suing Kia and Hyundai, right? They're, they're suing them because their cars are too easy to steal. See, it's not the fault of the kids stealing the cars. It's the fault of the car for sitting there putting out the vibe that it wants to be stolen because it's a Kia or a Hyundai. Well, this time it was not a Kia or a Hyundai. Uh, overnight, a black Dodge Charger stolen in the Pickerington area uh, crashed with three juveniles inside. And the juveniles were caught. Thankfully, they're not dead because we have had kids, what, as young as 14, die in crashes of stolen cars. So that continues. Also last night in the short north, we had a man shot and rushed to the hospital, 2.30 a.m. this morning while you and I were sleeping on our my pillows. 36-year-old man taken to OSU Wexner Medical Center in critical condition since upgraded to stable. Well, that's good. Why do we have so much crime in Columbus? Well, because we have a shortage of police officers. And apparently our shortage of police officers is getting shorter. Remember when they were going to solve the problem of all the early buyouts they gave to cops? By, well, here's what we'll do. Columbus is a great place to live. We pay a really good salary to our Columbus police officers. What we ought to do is go out and recruit officers from other departments. I mean, why try to find young, inexperienced people to go through the police academy and get them up to speed with how we do things, why not go poach officers from other departments around the state of Ohio, pay them more, lure them to come here with benefits and a very minimal training program to get them up to speed on the way things we do, or the way we do things here in Andrew Ginther's Columbus. Except that the first class of transfer officers has an astronomically high washout rate. (laughs) Uh, Within the first four months of this first class, Bethany Bruner of the Columbus Dispatch reports that more than a third of its members have already washed out. And that one of the guys who hasn't washed out is a guy that CPD tried to fire, but the safety director of the city said, no, you can't fire him. Can't fire him. Now, what did this officer do? Well, I think it's interesting, and we will get into what he did and why he is still an officer, which you probably already have jumped ahead and figured out that he's still an officer because to lose another member of the class would put them perilously close to losing half their transfer class, which would obliterate the supposed solution that this was going to be to the city's ongoing shortage of police officers. Hmm. Details next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.